Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Last Sunday, we started looking at why some Christians are poor. And we've looked at six major causes of poverty for Christians. If you see any Christian that is poor, it's not the will of God. It is lifestyle practices that result in poverty. Um, the first one is laziness. No Christian will ever be rich who is lazy. Even if they become rich, it's temporary. It's only a matter of time. They'll lose everything. Laziness. The second one is greed. The third one is stinginess. The fourth one is rebellion. The fifth is envy. And the last is unintelligence. So they want to look at the second, greed. What is greed? Greed simply means the love for money. It means an intense passion for money. Money is good. Money helps us to live comfortably because it's the medium of exchange. Anything you want in terms of material things on earth, you didn't money to pay for it. And if you don't have money, you cannot have certain things in your life. And so money is good. We all work for money. We all like money. There's nothing wrong to like money. But when you begin to become passionate about money to the point that money becomes more important to you than God, money becomes more important to you than people, money becomes more important to you than your reputation, money becomes more important to you than relationships, then you are treading into dangerous zones. The Bible said in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, that money can enslave people. It can turn people into slave, direct, regulate, control their lives. Matthew 6, 24, it said no one can serve two masters. Jesus talked about two masters, two people that want to control your life. Jesus said these two masters, you cannot serve both of them. You serve only one. And he said... Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will, love, he will be loyal to one and despise the other. And then who are these two masters? Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Give me the NIV version. The word mammon, it means money. It's the Aramaic translation of the word money. It's mammon. You cannot serve both God and money. Two things want to control you. It is not God and Satan. It is God and money. If money becomes more important to you than God, it is because you love it more than God. You can't love God and love money at the same time. That is why every time you come to him, he said, give me money. He wants to, he wants to make sure he rips your heart of that temptation to become greedy. The book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 he said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment. What is contentment? Being happy with what you have per time. Contentment is being happy with what you have per time. Being grateful to God for how you are for now. We haven't reached where we are going. We haven't arrived at our destination. But where we are now, we can look back and be grateful to God that he's been good. That if not for his goodness, we wouldn't have come this far. And that is contentment. It is not as if you think you have arrived, but you are just grateful and you are happy with where you are now. And the Bible said, if you are a godly person and you are content, it is a great gain. 
It means if you are somebody who is never content, it's a great loss. That is where poverty begins. Poverty begins when people, Christians, cannot be content with who they are and what God is doing in their lives. Then the temptation and the propensity for being trapped into poverty becomes very high. Verse 7, he said, for we brought nothing into this world, <laughs> and we can take nothing out. We brought nothing into this world. We were all born naked, and one day we're going to go with nothing. We're going to go without houses. We are going to go leave this earth without cars, without investments, all the investments we have, without property, without land, without buildings. Have you ever thought of the day you're going to die? We're going to take nothing out. It means that the things you consider more important than God, more important than people, more important than your wife, more important than your spouse, more important than your children, one day you're going to leave them on earth. You're going to leave them. And somebody else will come and waste it. We'll take nothing out. One day you're going to die like that. You say, no, I won't go, but it's your time to go. And I tell people all the time, I said, if you can once a while think about the day you die, it changes a lot. It makes you smarter. It makes you smarter. That you are not invincible. That you are not all powerful, all by yourself. That somebody up there controls your life. And you are accountable to somebody. And one day you're going to stand before Christ. You're going to give account of your life. It changes everything. It changes the way you relate to people. It changes the way you relate with your spouse. It changes the way you relate with your friends. It changes the way you handle customers. It changes the way you deal with people. Everything will change. But when you live like, oh, everything is fine forever, that is the mistake. You are not going to live forever. You are not going to live forever. Even your children, only God knows. Only God, you can only be sure that God can take care of them. Your investments cannot take care of your children. Don't be deceived. People have built banks and it has collapsed. What are you talking about? People have built multi-million businesses and it collapsed. As I was reading a book titled How the Mighty Fall, I read about companies that were worth $100 billion collapsed into bankruptcy. Everything gone. Nothing is more permanent than God. And nothing can replace a strong, solid relationship with God. Nothing. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. If all your trust is in your investment, you are just playing. You are playing. We brought nothing into this world. Bible said, a man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from above. What do you have that you did not receive? If you receive it, why are you behaving as if you achieved it? Everything we are now is God. It's God. Let's read verse 8. And having food and clothing, with this we shall be content. If today I can get up and be confused, which dress should I wear? Because... There are too many. That I wear shoe that doesn't have holes under it. Even though I haven't reached where I wish I should be by now, I cannot be ungrateful. I cannot be ungrateful. And most of you, if you are very sincere to yourself, you will be humble and you'll be thankful to God. You'll be thankful because a few years ago, when you look at your old pictures, you know where you used to be. Where you used to be. I used to wear shoes with holes under it. I used to wear the same dress to church every week. And even that, it wasn't a very good one. One day, two of my shirts got stolen. I couldn't sleep the whole night. It was like 
taking my life because that is the only I have, one I had to go to church. I, I, I dried it on the line, went to church. When I came back, it was gone. I said, how can somebody be that wicked? And today, when I think about the fact that I used to stay for days without food, I used to stay for days without food, and the day I have food to eat, it's not any good food. I fast for days. When I'm breaking, all I had was gary and there was no sugar. So I eat, I take it like that with water. That is where we are coming from. That is where we are coming from. I used to borrow food to eat. I used to send Pastor Bernard, go to the lady and tell her to give us wache. And I got a lady who considered me such a, a loyal customer that my reward was that I could come buy when I don't have money. And I was a pastor. And as poor as I was, somebody poorer was also staying with me. So I sent him. I said, Pastor Bernard. I said, Bernard. Bernard was not a pastor at that time. He was a student in a secondary school. Their, their case was worse than mine. I'm not lying to you. He will go and borrow what from that lady and bring. And by the time we are borrowing that food, we haven't ate for like three to five days. Yeah, that's where we are coming from. Today I may not have everything. I may not have reached where I want, I want to be by now. I wish I had finished my auditorium and moved in, built this church into thousands. I wish we were doing a lot of things. I wish we were on more radio stations, on TV stations, and I wish we were by now, you know, doing conferences that is international. We, I, I, there's a lot of things that sometimes when I get up, I feel so discouraged. I feel so frustrated. There are days when I wake up, I feel frustrated because there are big things that I believe God wants me to do. And I keep asking God, so when am I going to stop preaching to the same faces every day, same size of church, same place with all the place like this, you know, and nothing else is moving. You know, little things that we want to do, I have a fantastic team of very gifted people, brilliant people, things that other men of God pay money to do. I have people here who are, if we just had the resources, we had all it takes to touch the world. I believe that. But the same time that I'm frustrated, what keeps me going is when I look at where I started from. That I never prayed once, God, take me to Accra and make me a great man of God. Never once in my lifetime. I was just happy doing what I was doing there at that time. And gradually, God began to change my situation. Gradually, God began to change my situation. And God began to bless me and take care of me. Because even in those days, with all that condition, he told me, if you trust me, I will take care of you. We need to be content. And that is what saves you from greed. Contentment is what will save you from greed. Having food and clothing that today, you don't pray for food. You should be grateful. Yeah, and so there are people who are ungrateful. That is why you are not ready for God to prosper you. You are ungrateful. You are food. You are clothing. You, you can even dash clothing. But when it's time for God to bless you, he speaks to the heart of people. I said, when it's time for God to bless you, he speaks to the hearts of people. But you have to learn to be grateful. You have to be grateful. Verse 9, let's read verse 9. He said, but those who desire to be rich, those who get up every day, and the only thing they think about is to be rich. That's greed. Because life is not only about money. 
There is more to life than money. When money becomes the only focus in your life, you are greedy. And what happens is that money determines your mood. When you have it, everybody will know. You are smiling all over the place, happy, enough. But when you don't have it right now, your, your mood changes. You are angry all the time. Angry with everybody, angry with God. You know, if money determines your mood, you are greedy. If money determines how you relate with people, you know some people, if you, if you are poor, you will never be their friend. They make friends only with rich people. You are a greedy person. The basis for the relationship is not good character. It's not integrity. That's why some people, if you are poor, you propose to them, they'll just be looking at you like the way I'm looking now. Listen, and when you, when you marry them by mistake, you know this marriage is as good as the money available. You know, the reason why money can be the cause of friction in the home is because one of the parties is greedy. Yeah. One person is greedy. Because we all want people who give us first place. I must come first before money. Or I'm not there at all. In fact, that is what God said. Seek first the kingdom. God said, put me first or I'm not there. That's why he said, give me the first part. We call it first fruit. The best part of what you earn. I want to see whether you love me more than you love money. If you can't even pay your tithe to God, it shows that you are greedy. The things you can spend money on, and it means nothing to you. Spending it in church is a, is a big thing. Some people, if you say, give a thousand cities to God right now, I'm telling you, it's going to be a tug of war. Tug of war. But you give that thousand to a girlfriend, or give it... Think about the things people will lose, spend money on. Hallelujah. When money becomes more important to you than God, even when God said, this is not good, you say, oh, but when I do it, I'll get money out of it. When I sleep with somebody's husband, I'm going to make money. But you know that God hates it. You see, the reason why greed is not good is that greed will make you fall to money-making avenues that is not godly. Let me say it again. Greed will make you fall to money-making avenues, which is not godly. Now, any means by which you make money, that is not godly. God will never bless that means. And any money that comes into your hands that is not blessed by God, it won't last. Hallelujah. It will not last. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. That's what I'm saying. You know, every fraudster will tell you, the people that are easiest to defraud are greedy people. Those who want it, boom, once in a lifetime. So a fraudster, before they target people, they test the waters. Is this guy greedy? Is he desperate for money? You know, because some people, when they hear the word money, ah, 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 all their sense of judgment is suspended. All their sense of reasoning is suspended. All their sense of critical analysis is gone. They won't do any due diligence again. They just say, hey, money is coming, money is coming, money is coming, until nothing came. Those who fall into temptation and into many foolish. Greed will make you make foolish decisions. Foolish decisions. And harmful lusts. We drown men into distraction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. When you meet a greedy man, You've met a man who is capable of doing anything, including cleaning you. Because when they put money down and your life down, he's taking the money and he's letting you go. You put God and money down, a greedy man is going for money, say, God, I'll see you later. 
You put money and spouse down. A greedy man is going for money first before I think about his spouse. Put money and children down. A greedy man is going for money first before he think about the children. Judas Iscariot. Last Sunday we read about him. Jesus put him in charge of money. I'm still studying why Jesus should do that. The Bible said he was a thief. But what caused him to become a thief is greed. Because only a greedy person will be following Jesus. People touch even his clothes. And 12 years of sickness is healed. Blind eyes are opening. The dead are coming back to life. The power of God. So much miracles are happening all over the place. Somebody still has the, the infantry to be stealing the same man's money. And as if all that he stole was not enough. One day, he said, I think I should sell this guy. The money man is not coming plenty again. I think I should sell the guy. I'll make big money. He realized that the Pharisees were trying to arrest Jesus, and they were finding it difficult. So he went to them. He said, um, I realize you guys have a big problem. I can solve your problem if you're ready to pay. They said, how much? They bargained. came to 30 shekels of silver. Judas said, pay the money, and uh, Jesus is as good as dead. Judas took money and showed the people where they can catch Jesus. That is what greed can do. But continue the story forward. Judas couldn't enjoy the money. He couldn't enjoy the money. When you put money above God, you put money above people. You put money above relationship. You run poor. It's only a matter of time. You run poor. Amen. Judas couldn't enjoy the money. He killed himself. He is the only person among the 12 disciples who never made it. And the reason was greed. The love of money. The root of all evil. If you have greedy people around you, you are a miserable person. They will take many money and reveal your secrets. They will take money and, and deal with you in very cynical ways. They will take money and do anything to you. They don't care. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 27. It says, he who is greedy of gain troubles his own house. There is a law in, that will preach in this universe. Nobody can escape it. What you sow, you reap. When you dig a hole, you will fall into it. That is why fraud is not a means to be rich. Let me preach that again. I said that is why fraud is not a means, a godly means to be rich. Number two, that is why stealing is not a godly means to be rich. That is why exploitation is not a godly means to be rich. Because you trouble your own house. You trouble your own house. You're troubling your future. It will go around and begin to hit back at you. You exploited people to build the organization. Exploiters are coming in soon. They are smarter than you. They will, de they will derail everything you've built. Because the foundation for your organization was exploitation. Build it genuine. Let the growth be gradual. But it is lasting. It is lasting. It is lasting. Build it gradually. Build it gradually. Money is not everything. Listen, when you fall down right now, money won't lift you up. If you fall down right now and collapse, money will not lift you up. It's people. Hello? This one is for business people. People come first before money. If you want to get customer loyalty, that's why even very good business organizations, they have something they call customer relations. They call it customer service relationship. Because it has become proven beyond doubt that it is the people who carry the money. When the people are happy with your services, 
be paid. The day your customers see, and they will always see it, that you love their money, but you don't love they themselves, they walk away. And when they are walking away, they take the money along. They take the money along. Don't behave like the people are not important. When your customers are complaining about lapses in your services, listen, don't frown. Don't only smile when they are paying the check. He who is greedy of gain. Greedy people cannot build big businesses. Greedy people cannot sustain good relationships. No. Greedy people cannot have a life of integrity and good character. No. Money determines their position. Today, the same person is an enemy. Because of money, he becomes their friend. Another day, the same person is their friend. Because he doesn't have money anymore, he's an enemy. They are not loyal. They are not reliable. They are not dependable. And they always betray relationships. When you are greedy, you will fall to every slightest temptation to get money through the wrong means. Even though you are a Christian and you know it's wrong. You know, people preach against certain things until money shows up. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I've seen people condemn adultery until money. Somebody came with money. Somebody came with money. And suddenly, position has changed. It means you don't have values in life. You don't have values. Value is something you are not willing to compromise on for anything. Hallelujah. And what good character and integrity does for you is that it gives you a good reputation. Proverbs 22 verse 1, it says, a good name is better than riches. There are people today who don't need collateral to get a loan from the bank. Their name can be trusted, but they have a track record of integrity, integrity, and good character, and good behavior. The third cause of poverty is stinginess. Greed and stinginess are related. People love money. They also don't give. Money is they are like a god to them. They worship it. They want it there. Don't touch it. Even the children can be suffering. They are not really ready to spend their money even on your children. As for their spouse, don't talk about it. A stingy person is someone who is not generous. Is unwilling to give. Unwilling to share. Stingy people have a mentality that there is scarcity. They have a scarcity mentality. What do I mean by scarcity mentality? They are always afraid that resources will soon get finished. A stingy person is saying in his mind, be careful, it will get finished. There is that voice. And today, may that voice of scarcity in somebody's life be destroyed in Jesus' name. Because that is the lie of the devil. I said that is the lie of the devil. God created this, this universe full of abundance. And when you become a child of God, your source is no more even this earth. Your source is with God Almighty. That's why Jesus said, when you are praying, pray and say, Our Father who art in heaven. Prayer connects you to another place above the earth. It's called heaven. Everybody say heaven. Heaven is a spiritual place. It's not only a place you are going to go one day. It's a place that is there now. It is where the realm where God exists. There is no scarcity of resources there. It takes faith to have access to the flow of blessings from that place to this place. And the only way you can demonstrate that faith that keeps resources flowing from that place to this place is your ability to give to people, to the poor, to the needy, to any cause, any good cause, any good cause. Giving to your parents, giving to, giving, giving, giving to God, giving to God. Yeah, 
There are two reasons why God will always ask you to give because he doesn't want money to become your God. He wants, he wants you to continue to deal with that power of greed. The second reason is that he wants your faith to be in him as your source. Anytime you give, you kick into action the law of the universe. The law that controls the spirit realm. You kick it into action. And the devil knows giving will make anybody rich. He will do everything to attack your attitude to giving. Proverbs 11 verse 25 to 26. He said, the generous soul will be made rich. The generous soul will be made rich. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain. But blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Hello? When you are always complaining, why every, every, every family member is rushing and worrying me and disturbing me and, and, you know, as if I'm the only person in the family, blah, 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 blah. When you have it, you refuse to help people. They begin to speak curses. It means when you help people, they will speak blessings. God bless that, my uncle. If not for him, I wouldn't have gone to the university. It brings blessings. It brings blessings. And listen, it is a privilege for a family member to have a problem and call you. That means you are becoming relevant. If they don't call you at all, it means you are still useless. Can I say that again? If people in this church have a problem, they come to you, it means you are becoming relevant. Even if you cannot help them, talk to them in a nice way. Yeah. People talk to me all the time in problem. Not everybody I've, I've been able to. I'm not God. There are people I only tell them I can pray for you. I can't be of help. I can pray for you. Don't get angry when people come to you for need. Hello? It's a blessing. I said it means you are becoming a blessing. It means you are becoming a blessing. You tell God, Lord, you see all these people coming for help. Bless me more. I can help them. Bless me more. How much money can you alone eat? No, I'm asking you a question. How much do you think you alone you can eat? Or you don't understand my question. How much money can you eat? How many houses can you live in, you alone? How many cars can you drive? If God wants to make you wealthy, a multi-millionaire, it's not just because of you alone. It's because there are needs. When we're just talking about reasons why God wants you to be rich. Hallelujah. Acts 20 verse 35. He says, the Lord Jesus thought that it is more blessed to give. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I tell people that I said, if somebody tells you I'll take care of you, it's not a breakthrough. It is not a breakthrough. That person rather is getting a breakthrough. You are not getting a breakthrough. Real breakthrough is when you are rich to the point where you can take your wallet, open it, and take money out, and buy everything you want. That is real prosperity. Some people don't believe in that. Some people believe in, in dashes. May the Lord take you out of that dependency spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May the Lord make you see that that person you are depending upon, you can become richer than the person. What are you talking about? You enslave your mind when you become happy. Oh, finally, I've got somebody. 
who take care of me. That person has become your God. That person becomes your God. And that is why you will be poor. God will enrich the person. You will never be rich. You will never be rich. God wants to bless you also. Like he has blessed that person. And it's time for you to sit down, wake up every day thinking, Lord, what can I do? What must I do? What more must I do? What else should I do? To prosper, to break out of this financial limitation, this financial constraint, and to move forward and to see abundance. What can I do? If you come to that place, teachings like this, you won't play with it. You won't play with it. May the Lord prosper you and bless you and increase you. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I pray today that we all become givers. A giver is someone who is happy doing it. A giver is somebody who is happy about the opportunity to give. Amen. Amen. That me too, today, me of all people. You know, sometimes if we can just, you know, this thing about gratitude is so important. If you can think that, oh, so me too, today, I can get up and give thousand cities in church. How did it happen? There was a time if you asked 100 cities, I couldn't give. So for me, it's, 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 it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's that I can pay somebody's fees today. It's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. When I, went, when I went to the university to do my first degree, every semester I had to pray. Pray till heaven open before I can pay my fees. Hallelujah. So it's a, it's a privilege. It's a wonderful privilege. Ask me how many people's fees have I paid in the university in this church. I'll tell you, I can't count it. It's too many. I can't count. I'm not talking about the people the church paid for. I'm talking about people I paid for. I can't count. The breakthrough is not the day you got a million. The breakthrough, you cannot tell you the breakthrough. The breakthrough is the day you can say, oh, today I signed a million Ghana cities check to my church. Hallelujah. That is the breakthrough, brother. That is the breakthrough. I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to that. I am believing God for that. I am trusting. The first time I wrote a check of 10,000 CDs to this church project, building project, I was the most happiest. I wasn't sad that day at all. Because I knew that I had just moved my level of blessing. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The breakthrough is not the day you got a million CDs. It's the day you are able to give it. Now, let me tell you, the difference between someone who has a million cities and someone who gave a million. The one who gave a million, it means he has more than a million. The one who just got a million, that's all he has. That is all he has. And show me how rich you are by how much you can give, not how much you, you have in your, your accounts. How rich you are is how much you can give. The measure of how rich you are is by how much you give, not how much you earn. Let's read the last scripture. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. He said, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving. Concerning giving and receiving. Concerning giving and receiving. Giving and receiving, they go together. The Bible says, what, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. There are certain practices that God has put together. One of it is giving and receiving. Another one is fasting and prayer. Another one is praise and worship. There are things God has joined together. If you study the scripture, you see you cannot be thinking of receiving 
when you never give. Giving and receiving, there are two things God has put together. When you see one, you see the other. You see a man being blessed all the time, he's giving all the time. You see a man giving all the time, he's going to be receiving all the time. You cannot separate the two. Come pray from today till tomorrow for money until you become a hard-working Christian who is also a giver. You will never be rich. Some of the most prayerful people I know are poor. Now they have made themselves contractors over rich people. I'll pray for you to so give me money. It means prayer alone does not make anybody rich. I don't want to be praying for you to give me money. I also want the money, Sam. Did you hear what I said? Prosper, I'm happy for you. If any member of this church is rich, I'm the first to celebrate. It tells me God is still working around here. That very soon it will be my turn. Oh, yes, yes. That's why I don't envy anybody. Amen. That's it. God is still working in the area. That it will soon be your turn. If you're also doing the right things right. Amen. Yeah. Paul planted many churches. Among all the churches that Paul planted, the one that was dearest to Apostle Paul's heart was the Philippian church. Can I tell the reason? Because it was that church that supported his ministry. Paul never took money from the Corinthian church, from the Tesla. Most of the churches, he worked there. But he never took money because the people did not understand the principle of giving. And Paul's decision is that I will never take money from any church that is not giving it to me as an honor. I wish every pastor would do that. Hallelujah. He said, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving except you only. Verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessity. Even when Paul was at the, the church in Thessalonica, the church in Thessalonica did not see the need to take care of him. The Philippian church sent him money. That's why it was only in that church Paul said, my God will supply all your needs. That scripture is not for every Christian. Otherwise, every Christian should have been rich. How can God be supplying your need and you are poor? The most prosperous church among the apostle Paul's churches was the Philippian church. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent it once and again. Not once and for all. Not once and for all. Once and again. For my necessities. Verse 17. Not that I seek the gift, but the fruits that are bound to your account. Paul said, I'm not saying this because I'm happy you are the one giving to me all the time. But I'm happy that as you keep giving, fruits are abounding in your account. That's what giving does. Anytime you give, the person who received, the person who received got only what you gave him. But you who gave, you have received more in the, in the spirit realm, in your account. Amen. Verse 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Verse 19. And my God shall supply. I pray that God will begin to supply somebody's need today. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.